0: welcome to future flicks everyone it is a slow movie week we have an indie heavy week with two big movies and one of them looks really bad so what movie coming out is worth your time i will tell you along with some news and very few trailers even though comic-con just happened and i'll tell you why it's the week of july 28 2017 and this is episode 52 of future flicks <laughs> everyone welcome welcome to the show i am sorry if this episode is late again but this time it's because of technology i recently bought a new microphone and a soundboard with some bonus money i got from a very small raise the business i work for gave me but it was something and it was also my birthday i got some cash for that so i upgraded a little bit and it's really the soundboard i got comes with no instructions whatsoever and the xlr mic i bought for the soundboard doesn't have the proper goddamn connection to go to plug in so i bought the right connector it was technically wrong but i found a way around it and i i can't get it to work i can't get this setup to work and a lot of the videos i was watching on youtube on how to set it up the don't tell you anything it's already set up and they say oh hey so you know this is what I did for my for my thing this is set up to my amp here and this is set up to this but it doesn't say hey I'm taking this thing that's connected to my f***ing microphone and plugging it in this f***ing hole no it's not saying that the soundboard I got and I don't want to name names just in case they For some reason, some employee from the company listens and, you know, gets all mad at me for slander or some sh**. But this soundboard is supposed to be a really good one for beginners, but it's so f***ing hard to set up. Oh my God. So I'm back with my old equipment my trusty blue yeti which is a fantastic microphone Tr- trouble is USB doesn't work with a lot of soundboards but enough of my complaining let me tell you a little about what it is I do here just in case you're new and if you're new welcome to the show and if you're not new if you are a returning listener I really appreciate it thank you very much have you had a chance to go rate me on iTunes yet no now is a perfect time unless you're driving please don't all right but if you're listening at home now's a perfect time. Go, go do that. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. So here's my opening spiel. Welcome to Future Flicks. This is the show where I discuss every movie coming out during the week. I tell you what it's about, who's in it, and my thoughts on it. I will give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. That goes from 1 to 10. And for the really big ones, we turn it up to 11. Yes, that is a shameless Spinal Tap reference. And it's somewhat nerdy, that's how we like to roll. We like ourselves some Spinal Tap. Anyway, this score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie, but let's start this episode as we always do with a little bit of housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that's SomewhatNerdy.com. You can reach me on Twitter, at BilliamSWN, and Instagram, at BilliamSWN, or good old email, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. But let's move on to our first segment, which, as always, is the news. As if Todd McFarlane was reading the minds of the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew who recently talked about the Spawn movie, there's going to be a new Spawn movie. This was announced at San Diego Comic-Con. In news that's f***ing weird, Dwayne Johnson will not be in the Shazam movie. That's right, the man supposedly cast as Black Adam, Shazam's biggest villain, won't be in the movie but here's the kicker johnson is still set to play black adam turns out there will be two films made at the same time shazam and black adam and the two will meet in a crossover movie down the line all this according to hollywood reporter in other news the future of batfleck is in question according to hollywood reporter a source told them that warner brothers wants to quote Usher out Affleck's Batman gracefully. The head of Warner Brothers, Toby Emmerich, told Hollywood Reporter that, quote, Ben is our Batman. We love him as Batman, end quote. And Matt Reeves, director of the yet unwritten Batman film, says that he wants Affleck in the role. But sources are still saying that they're waiting to replace him. That's a shame because Ben Affleck is a great batman any troubles with batman v superman was with the movie itself and not the acting all the actors they got were fantastic as far as unclear futures go add the alien franchise to that list collider reports that the failure or after the failure of alien covenant a movie that made half of what prometheus did fox is assessing whether or not they want to keep going with ridley scott's franchise. Remember, Neil Bloomkamp was set to do an Alien movie with Sigourney Weaver, having her come back as Ripley, of course, but when Scott got rid of it, Ridley Scott, that is, he then moved forward with Prometheus 2, aka Alien Covenant, thus killing Bloomcamp's movie. Hopefully Fox will take the reins away from Ridley Scott since he obviously lost his touch with the franchise. Maybe we'll get to see Camp's idea after all and it will be better. I still like Ridley Scott, but he has shown that he doesn't know what to do with the Alien franchise anymore and should have it taken away from him. In some bad news, or maybe good news, we'll see. Olivia Munn will be prizing her role as Psylocke in the next X-Men movie, or at least probably. Why is that bad? Because she wasn't very good. But here's the thing on why it might be good. According to Munn and MTV News, her part in the film, the last film, X-Men Apocalypse, got cut down to about a quarter of what it was set to be. So maybe in that three quarters that was lost, she was amazing. Maybe she wasn't that bad in that. Maybe the way they cut the movie just made her look terrible because they didn't give her any character development or a character at all. So I'm definitely going to give her another shot just because if this is really true, if they cut out most of what she did, then she didn't have a chance. And I like people to have a chance before I criticize it or before I say it's great. I want to see what they can do. Next in the news, if any of you remember, a while back, I actually don't remember when, because as you all know, I have a terrible memory with things like this. I mentioned that there's going to be another Jungle Book movie made. This, of course, after the highly successful Jon Favreau Disney Jungle Book, this one helmed by Andy Serkis. So at Comic-Con, Andy Serkis said that his movie is going to be more authentic because it's going to use performance capture and the other one didn't. They're going to shoot on location in South Africa while the other one was shot in a soundstage. And theirs is going to be more honest telling or a more honest telling of the story. Andy Serkis says that his version, Jungle Book Origins, does suffer from a mix of bad luck and bad timing. According to a tweet from the... James Bond Twitter, James Bond will return to U.S. cinemas on November 8th, 2019, with a traditional earlier release in the UK and the rest of the world. Not much else to that story, because I just read you the entire tweet. A little earlier, I mentioned Neil Blomkamp. Well, he is in the news from another story from Screen Rant. The director of District 9 in Elysium is beginning work on his next project, which is called The Gone World, based on a book by Thomas Switzerlich. The Gone World has been described as a time travel procedural, a mix of Inception and True Detective. Well, color me excited and add a new book on my to-be-read list. According to IGN... Kenneth Branagh's, I think that's how I say it, Kenneth Branagh, anyway, his interpretation of murder on the Orient Express has used, or did use, the last four 65mm Panavision cameras in the world, and quote, so the definition and depth offered by 65mm helped enhance both the claustrophobic atmosphere and epic scope the director wanted to achieve. So if you know anything about movie making, that could be cool It' interesting. You could use that little bit of trivia at parties. Other than that, the movie looks pretty, so I guess the 65 millimeter works, so cool. According to the LA Times, Captain Marvel is going to get a $20 million tax break for shooting in California. This could be the first of many responses to movies and TV shows filming in Canada or other countries to avoid hefty American taxes. Despite the overall negative reaction to The Mummy, Universal's dark universe is moving ahead. Cinema Blend reports the Van Helsing movie is being polished up and they are eyeing Channing Tatum to play the Monster Hunter. Well, that is it for the news. And before we go into the trailer trove, you may remember me saying something about this being a shorter trailer trove. And that's because I am going to put all of the trailers that dropped in Comic Con in a separate episode. So it's going to be a Future Flix one shot where I go over all the trailers in Comic Con. Uh, to say what happened in the trailer and get my thoughts on it. So keep your eyes open for that. So without further ado, here's the Trailer Trove. Avast and welcome to the Trailer Trove. The Shape of Water has a trailer. This is the newest movie from Guillermo del Toro about a mute woman working as a janitor in a lab in the 1950s or 60s, I'm guessing, and she meets the creature or a creature held captive there for research. It's an aquatic humanoid creature and the two form a bond. Yet another movie is being made based on a book series with a million books in it. This movie is called The Snowman, based off the 7th Harry Hole novel by Joe Nesbo. This stars Rebecca Ferguson, Michael Fassbender, Val Kilmer, and J.K. Simmons, and it looks pretty interesting. Lego Ninjago has a trailer, and it looks about as good as the LEGO movie, if not just slightly worse. Not bad, per se, but just maybe right under the mark. So it could be at least as good. I laughed a few times in the trailer. The animation style looks slightly different. Check it out. You'll get a laugh. This will probably be my pick of the week when that movie comes out. We have a badass kung fu trailer for a movie called Triple Threat with Tony Jaa, and it looks badass. Check it out. It's everything we want in a kung fu movie, and I can't wait. For those of you who don't know, The Kingsman, The Golden Circle, got another trailer, and now we see Colin Firth back in action. This film is looking better and better the more I see of it. I'm expecting to see more of the same. If they deliver that, then I'll be happy. If they up the ante a bit, I'll be even happier. I at least want just as much awesomeness as the first one. Ben Stiller is going to grace the big screen again in a movie called Brad's Status. This is about a middle-aged man who takes a trip with his son as they visit colleges the son is interested in. Along the way, he realizes he hasn't really become anyone, unlike his friends who are all or old friends who are all successful, and he fears his brilliant son will follow the same path. If you're into unique indie films, then check out the trailer for Loving Vincent. It claims to be the world's first painted feature film. Watching the trailer, it looks like one big animated Van Gogh painting, and so they may be right with that one. That is it for the trailer trove. I told you it was going to be a short one. We didn't cover any of the big, big trailers from Comic-Con, but remember, keep your eyes open or your ears open for the next episode, the one shot that's going to come soon. So before we jump into the movies, we're going to take a quick break so you can hear a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio stay tuned.
1: Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris, and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey nerds.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. Let's jump right into the movies and our first movie of the week, which is called The Last Face. Two doctors are working for an international aid agency in Africa in an area that's experiencing heavy revolution. As they start to grow close, the violence in the area takes its toll on one of the doctors, and she begins to consider leaving. The stars Charlize Theron from Mad Max Fury Road, and Javier Bardim from Skyfall. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a great example of a movie that's released at the wrong time. This is the worst time, actually, as people are going to be seeing two big movies this week, or the plethora of other movies that are still out in theaters. Midwinter, early spring, maybe those times this movie would get a respectable turnout in theaters, but not now. This is a deep drama that's quite topical, has two of the best actors of our time in it, and this is directed by known activist and actor Sean Penn. One of the only two hang-ups I had about this movie was a hint of the sex scene they put in the film. Young me would hate me for saying this, but I'd rather not have sex scenes in movies. There are only two times I'm really okay with it. The first is if it's a super cheesy movie that's more tits than plot anyway. The second is if it's a French film because that's what I expect from the French, but of course I don't really watch those movies. It's like Ken Petrie said in an old episode of Watch Your Mouth Podcast, like episode 36 or 37 or something like that, where he says, I get it. Move on. And I get it. Yes, they love each other. I don't have to watch them bang. There's pornography for that. If you want to watch sex porn, plain and simple, you can show how close the characters are without showing them doing the hibbity-dibbity. They add nothing to films. Rotten Tomatoes hates the movie. It has an 8%, which means this movie could be mediocre to good. So I think we should all see it, support it, and show those Rotten Tomato smegma flakes that they can go f*** off. I think this movie looks pretty good, but the trouble is the trailer. And this is the other hang up I had. The trailer didn't do anything to make me want to watch this movie in theaters. We have two Charlize Theron movies in theaters this week, and the other one looks like it'd be a much better film to watch. The Last Face is going to be heavy and quite dark, even when the characters aren't banging. This isn't going to be a film for everyone, so just keep that in mind when you see this, or if you want to see this. You're going to see some messed up sh- in this film and shit is really going on in the world today. All this stuff is really happening, but the question is, do you want to watch that in a movie? Also, they're going to throw romance into the works just for the hell of it. Why not? This is a very questionable movie, not because of the topic, just because, well, why? Why was this made? Why did this story speak to the creators? What about it makes it worth our time? The trailer didn't answer that. As always, I'll leave the question up to you If you want to see it but I'm gonna give you my score and my thoughts so as for my score the last face gets a 4.5 out of 11 next up is a French film called from the land of the moon Gabrielle is in a loveless marriage one day she meets a man that sweeps her off her feet and reminds her that love is possible but almost right away she's sent to the Alps to get treatment for her kidney stones this star is Marianne Coltier from Inception. And yes, you heard that premise correctly. This woman can't be with a man she loves because she has fing kidney stones. Thank you, France. That's right, if you couldn't tell by the weird ass plot or the you know the fact that I said it before I talked about the movie, this is a French film. For anyone who's new, let me reiterate my beliefs on most French films. The French do a plethora of films, just like Americans do. But Out of those films that make it over here, there are two big kinds. The first is the kind that are really, really good. The kind that just blow you away and become the type of film that you need to see. Movies like the famous Amelie or The Untouchables. Then there's the batch artsy ones like The Piano Teacher or Chrysalis. This film doesn't seem as weird as the last two I mentioned, but my brow was furrowed for most of the trailer as I didn't get it. This doesn't look bad. It just doesn't look good. In fact, the only reason I'd see this is because Marion Cotier is a great actress. That's it. If you're a fan of nudity and sex in movies, then this is the film for you. Because it gets an R rating for graphic nudity. Of course, this is to be expected because this is one of the artsy French films, where they just throw tits in it because... I, I don't even know what else to say about this the trailer was so boring it could have been interesting if they didn't just show the same type of scene over and over and over again she's with a dude she looks happy she's with a different dude she looks sad she's with a dude she looks happy she's with a different dude she looks sad she starts to take her top off She's banging one guy she's in a church with another guy why why did you choose this trailer why did you put this together to sell your film And sometimes action movies do this, where they show the same type of scene over and over, but at least action films have the benefit of being, you know, action and interesting. This film looks like a skippable and boring movie that's only saving grace as a fantastic lead actress, and that's it. From the Land of the Moon gets a 3 out of 11. The next film on the list is an indie film called Person to Person. This is the story of a group of New Yorkers who try and navigate their personal lives and deal with the problems that arise over the course of one day. This stars Abby Jacobson from Broad City, Michael Sarah from This Is the End, Philip Baker Hall from Bruce Almighty, and Tavi Givenson from Enough Said. And welcome, my future friends, to the hipster reimagining of Magnolia. No, this movie doesn't feel like it ripped Magnolia off. It just follows the same recipe. A group of strangers and how their various stories intertwine over the course of the movie. This is a style of movie that, you know, it's been around before. It's been done before. And I like it. But the problem is, this rendition looks shitty. This has good actors in it with Michael Cera as well. This was written and directed by Dustin Guy Defa, who could be a very nice guy. I just want to start by saying he, he could be a great guy. I do not know him. But now, based only on his IMDb picture, looks like a gigantic head. What does that mean? Okay, yes, but also true. Look it up. The picture makes him look like a gigantic asshat. Is this important to the movie? No, I just don't have a lot to say about this film. This movie is your typical indie hipster comedy, and if you like that kind of film, then you'll love this. This is going to have humor that ranges from super awkward to drier than a California drought. Nothing that's going to be laugh out loud funny, or LOL as the kids put it, but jokes that will make you sit down and go, huh, that's funny without actually laughing. If you want a movie that you can watch and then lord over people to feel superior about being a seasoned moviegoer, then this is for you. Oh, you've never seen person to person? Oh, of course not. You've probably never heard of it. It's a delightful comedy. The trailer just follows a bunch of these people throughout their parts of their lives. And one of the stories, interestingly, the Michael Sarah story looks interesting. That one looks fine. The rest of it looks boring and uninteresting. It really makes me wonder how some of these movies got made. Or actually what it makes me wonder is why do indie films pick the worst f-ing people to make their trailers? I've given examples before of movies that have had terrible terrible trailers that have been but have been pretty good the only thing i can think of off the, off the top of my head without th- looking at my notes is dead silence it's this cheesy horror flick but it wasn't as bad as the trailer made it look indie films kind of do the same thing where you could have an indie film that's really good but whoever put the trailer together was pants on head retarded and made it look stupid so i am judging this of course as i say in the beginning of every show only on the trailer as i know nothing else about the movie So let me continue with that and say that Michael Sarah seems to play Michael Sarah again in this film. And while that role works very well for him, I want to see him do something else. This film isn't that role. He's just playing George Michael all over again. That's why This Is The End was so great, because it was unexpected. This movie is by the books. It is a true indie film that follows a pattern perfectly this is going to fit the mold perfectly and not deviate at all it will have something that can be loosely called the story with good performances that won't really catch anyone's attention because they'll be asleep due to boredom person to person gets a 2 out of 11 and before we jump out of this lull of bad movies let's hear a word from our friends at nerds of the squared circle and the watch your mouth podcast stay tuned Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com
1: Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Then you should listen to
0: our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. Someone to Read a Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomeoneNerdy.com. There
1: are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever interneting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach wall-to-wall filthy fucking language
0: go to a grocery store i'm like i know exactly what i need i get in there like yeah (laughs) yeah. did i even come here for
1: with our charity swear jar every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction
0: the motherfuckers a mouth breather
1: gaming movies life musings it's all here served on a bed of f**ks and garnished with a crown of shut
0: the f**k up how the f**k did we get here f**k all that a jelly bean
1: so if you want to hear us do good things with bad words check out the watch your mouth podcast on itunes soundcloud facebook or online at wympodcast.com and remember swearing is caring so watch your mouth
0: all right and we're back so like i said let's jump out of this lull of bad movies and look at the indie film this week that looks pretty good the next film is called menash Menashe is an ultra-Orthodox Jew who lives in Brooklyn. He's a widower, and because of that, can't have his son live with him until he finds a wife. The trouble is, his first marriage wasn't a happy one, and he wants to make sure he finds the right person. As he searches for that right person, he tries to see as much of his child as a rabbi will allow. Alright, what really interests me about this film is the plot. Okay, duh, you may be saying, but the reason I brought that up is because a plot dives into a world that many of us don't know, the Orthodox Jewish community. Sure, we're familiar with them, we know what they look like, we can spot someone because they do follow the same rules, and they have rules on how they dress, they have rules on how their hair is kept, they have rules on all this stuff, so we can spot them, but what do we really know about them? Maybe some of you know a lot, maybe you've studied this before, maybe you were an Orthodox Jew at one point, maybe you've seen movies on them, but for most of us, we're unlearned. This film is going to be pretty authentic, as it has Jewish writers, a Jewish director, and a Jewish actor, in fact I think an Orthodox Jewish actor, or actors that is, this is performed in Yiddish, 100% Yiddish. And it's actually filmed in Brooklyn too, so there we go. It has all this authenticity going for it. This community fascinates me. It has so many rules and it's so close to the rest of the world that all I know about it is from what I've learned from a couple TV shows. The show Blue Bloods had one episode that dealt with a murder in the Jewish community, the Orthodox Jewish community, and that's it. This is just another one of those religious communities that are nice. They won't, they won't be mean to anyone, they'll be warm and welcoming, but they won't tell you a lot about what it is they do. They say, hey, I'm going to be kind to you, but how about you get the f*** out when I'm doing my religious stuff. If you watch this film, you'll do so because you wanted to watch a good drama about a man battling with the forces around him and himself. Should he give in and find a wife just to get his kid back? Should he continue with things the way they are? Or should he go against the rules of the community and the rabbi, which is unheard of? The trailer basically tells us which one of those he does. But the question is, how does it all end? So even though it kind of spoils a little bit for us, what it doesn't tell us is what is a fallout because of this. How will their lives differ? Or maybe he does this and he changes his mind. So that's why I'm not really angry about this movie for spoiling anything, because it's not obvious where it goes. This film looks interesting, but unfortunately skippable in theaters. But keep this movie in mind just in case it ever comes to streaming. It may be worth searching out. Minesh. Let me spell actually let me spell it out just in case I'm saying it wrong. M-E-N-A-S-H-E. There we go, I said it once. Minesh gets a six out of eleven. And my future friends, keeping with the theme of movies that aren't in English, let's move on to Bollywood's offering for this week, with a movie called Mubarakan. Karan and Charan, identical twins, are both in relationships, but when their parents want to set one of them up with a wealthy family in London, things get complicated. The only famous person in this that any of you may know is Arjun Kapoor, who is in Slumdog Millionaire. He played the game show host. Remember what I said about France and the movies they put out? The same basic rules can apply to Bollywood as well. They do a lot of films, a plethora of styles, but the only big ones that make it over here are the romantic comedies which are wildly popular with huge dance numbers and it's it's funny and it's cute and romantic. And the other types are the serious dramas that prove that Bollywood is a true true contender in the world of movies. This movie Is one of the rom-coms it's a goofy rom-com and those are great and by great i mean fun they're all basically the same just like all american rom-coms are basically the same they have they have the same wider plots where the fun and the differences are in the details so you have this basic bollywood rom-com equation and then you just add bits and pieces of new stuff to it to make it a unique movie That's how people who love romantic comedies like me can love so many and not get bored out of their minds. Of course, because we love it, because these are movies we can enjoy, we can see these details that differentiate it from other movies. Where if you aren't a fan, like if you listening right now are not a fan of a romantic comedy, you may see all these movies coming out and going, wow, this is the same thing. This has been done a million times before. How can people give their money to these movies? But I see it differently. You know what? Last week, I gave a lot of movies crap because I said that they're all movies that have been done before. And maybe, just maybe, if I was a bigger fan of some of those genres, I would have seen the differences and maybe it would have boosted my score. But since I wasn't a fan, all I saw was a fact that they felt really familiar. But in my defense, they all did look pretty sh**. But I'm not going to talk about this movie, Mubarakhan, much anymore because I don't know enough about these movies to give a better assessment all I know is that this looks funny and charming and Arjun Kapoor is a good actor that's it this movie had scenes of comedy where of course with the subtitles on I understood it and I laughed other jokes that I guess you have to live in India to get it. A bunch of fancy, flashy looking dance scenes with some really cool dance music in the background that just got me pumped going, yeah, I want to get up and dance, but I'm a terrible dancer and I don't do that. And then also romantic scenes with these various couples so in love having to fight against their families to stay married. So the movie does look interesting, but not enough for me to talk more about it or to warrant it. To be a theater watch. Once again, if I see the streaming, I'll give it a shot. But for now, I will just give it a score. Mubarakan gets a 5 out of 11. And next up is the first big movie of the week, and that movie is called the Emoji Movie. Gene is an emoji with a problem. He has more than one expression. He sets out on a journey to become a normal emoji. This features the voices of TJ Miller, James Corden, Anna Ferris, Maya Rudolph, Stephen Wright, Sir Patrick Stewart, Christina Aguilera, Sofia Vergara, Rachel Ray, and Sean Hayes. And once again, I'm going to welcome you to this movie. So I say welcome to the stupidest movie of the year. It may be too early to call that it's going to be the stupidest movie, but I'm certain this will fall in the top three of dumbest movies this year. This was directed and co-written by Tony Leondis, who made such unforgettable classics as Lilo and Sitch 2, Kronk's New Groove, and Igor. Good old Igor. Who doesn't remember that classic? Okay, let me tell you this. If you have kids and you want to see a movie this week, see this one. This is the only kid-friendly movie besides Despicable Me 3 that's going to be in theaters, and this one is going to have a wider release as Despicable Me 3 has been out for a while and won't be in as many theaters. For the rest of us, avoid it like you would avoid texting someone who overuses emojis this film looks as stupid and uninspired as trolls but doesn't have the benefit of a good soundtrack kids deserve better they deserve movies that are actually good and not just animated horse there's a huge part of hollywood that thinks kids are stupid and won't stop putting out bad movies the trouble is People go and see them anyway, because it could be the only family-friendly flick of the week. Or the kids just want to see something flashy and animated. Look, if you just want to see a mindless comedy that looks pretty, sure. Go see this. It's probably going to be full of really easy jokes. Please don't let me stop you. There's nothing wrong with that. What I hate is that this is just an obvious money grab. Tony Leondis had a stupid idea and some executives saw an opportunity to make some easy money so they threw 50 million dollars at this guy and told him to go make some dumb movie. It's too early to tell but based only on the trailer, of course which is what I do here, this looks like a diet version of Inside Out. No matter how many trailers come out, no matter how many easy jokes they squeeze into the two minutes of mediocrity. No matter how bad of a movie week it is, I can't get excited for this film. It looks stupid and boring. Let me just reiterate myself. If you have kids and you need to see a movie in theaters, like you really want to go out for a day out, go see this. Of course, if they're young kids, they're older kids, they could see something else. They could see Spider-Man or a better movie. But if they're young kids and you really want to go out, see this. And if you really want to see this on your own because you like animation a lot or you think it looks funny, go see it. But again, this is my show, so I'm going to give you my score and my view on it. I give you my view? Well, here's my score. The Emoji Movie gets a 2.5 out of 11. Now, all of you should know what the pick of the week is because there's only one movie I haven't talked about yet. And this movie has been all... Over the place that has had ads on TV, on the internet, and before every movie I've seen in the last few weeks. And that movie is Atomic Blonde. An undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. This stars Charlize Theron from Mad Max Fury Road, James McAvoy from X Men Apocalypse, John Goodman from 10 Cloverfield Lane. Toby Jones from Wayward Pines, Sophia Botella from Star Trek Beyond, and Eddie Marson from Sherlock Holmes. This movie is being helmed by David Leach who only has one other directing credit to his name, and that was John Wick, and he wasn't even really credited for that. If you look on his IMDb page, it says he's uncredited as the director for the movie, or one of the directors, so that means he probably did some work on it, just not enough to get any credit. The only other thing that has been out in the world that we have seen, because you've seen Logan, right, was the Deadpool No Good Deed short, you know, the one where he's changing in the phone booth and it takes him so long so the guy gets murdered? Yeah, that. And why is he directing that, you may ask? Because he's directing... Deadpool 2. So hopefully, hopefully this guy knows what he's doing. This guy really knows his way around stunts because he has 82 different credits for being a stunt coordinator or a fight designer or doing the stunts himself. This movie was written by or the script was written by because this is based on a graphic novel. But the mo- the script for the movie was written by a gentleman by the name of Kurt Johnstad, who was the writer for 300, 300 Rise of an Empire, Act of Valor, and a video called True Vengeance, which I've never seen. So except for Act of Valor, it looks like this guy just likes to take graphic novels and turn them into movies. N- nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that per se. It's just that maybe he just has a better voice for turning someone else's words into a movie. I didn't mention him in the cast, and I probably should have because Bill Skarsgård is in this. And why does that name sound familiar? Why does that name sound familiar to you? Well, if you watch the show Hemlock Grove, you will know him. If you've seen the movie Allegiant, you would have known him. And if you have listened to the show before and you heard me talk about the movie It that's coming out later this year, you'll know that he is playing Pennywise the Dancing Clown. So we have that to look forward to in our nightmares but Atomic Blonde is the pick for the week, but I don't think I'm going to see it. I I really don't. I'm kind of excited for it, but I think it's because it's a type of movie people like us, nerds like us, are supposed to like. So you have this badass secret agent like kicking ass, and then what bothers me, and that has been brought up by other people too, is that they just throw in Sofia Botella probably just to have her have a lesbian scene with Charlize Theron. And while high school me would be fully on board with that. Now I'm wondering why. What does this add to the movie? I don't think it adds anything. They could just hint at it like, oh, here's this other agent. They're gonna get some banging done. Fade to black. Okay, not fade to black. That implies end. Fade to the next scene. Crossfade. Star swipe. Any of those things. What bothers me about this movie is that it feels like it was built to be liked by people like us, assuming you're a nerd too, people like us, just because it's It's an awesome action movie with Furiosa and Professor X. What's not to like? And I'm not quite sure if I've ever been so negative about a movie that's been my pick of the week before. But here we go. I'm being a little negative about it just because this doesn't pull me to the theaters. This has nothing that makes me want to see this in theaters. Will I check it out when it comes on DVD? Of course I will. It looks entertaining. It looks interesting. But in theaters, it doesn't scream see me i think we've been so inundated with ads for this i've seen ads all over the place tv before a bunch of other movies i've seen on the internet in magazines that i'm already sick of it and that is really one of the risks you take when you are trying to sell a movie how much is too much okay but let's 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 jump back a little bit to about this being a great spy or a fun spy movie but this is this is the other side of the equation, because for years, years, we've had James Bond being this smooth talking spy action star banging ladies in all of his movies. But now we're having a woman do it. And while that I, I like that for equality. Yeah, sweet. But why can't you make me care about the movie too? something about this, something about the way they presented it just seems bland. here let me change my tone a bit because i also kind of like the way the movie looks how stylized it looks and this is based on a graphic novel called the coldest city and goddamn, if this movie doesn't feel cold so already in me talking about this movie i've contradicted myself a few times and that really shouldn't happen and that's not me scolding myself for not being professional that's me kind of scolding the movie for not giving me enough to bounce one way or the other. Instead I've been bouncing back and forth. There are things I really like about the movie. The fight sequences look real and brutal. True a little over the top with some of this stuff, but it's all within the realm of reason and reality. But at the same time, this feels like a movie we've seen before, with the only difference being the fact that it's Charlize Theron in the lead role. She is a really good actress and plays a plethora of different types of characters, and she is also my favorite villain from the Fast and the Furious series. She was amazing as Cypher. Even though other people didn't really like her character, I thought she was a fantastic bad guy. So now we get to see her turn those talents and set her sights on a spy movie. All sides point to this, that it should be a great movie. I should be going to see this without question, but I'm questioning it. It just doesn't impress me enough. I will see it. This this was kind of like Power Rangers, where I, I talked to Power Rangers a lot. And I, I said on the show that I was going to see it, but I, I missed it. And I didn't really feel bad about it. When it came out on Blu-ray, I bought it. I bought it. I watched it. I really enjoyed it. It'll probably be the same thing with Atomic Blonde. I'm going to miss it in theaters. It's going to come out. I'm just going to suck it up and buy it, and I'll watch it and like it. But I don't think I will have any regret behind not seeing it in theaters just like power rangers i liked the movie a lot no regret for missing it in theaters and it kind of feels like a cop-out to me for me saying that my lack of being able to pin down what it is i like or don't like about the movie or why i am not going to see it on them pinning it on them but i feel it is their fault they should sell this to us that it's going to be a movie we want to see without question this is the biggest Movie of the week. The only other thing we have is that stupid emoji movie. And if I had to pick between both of those, okay, no, that's a lie. I was going to get, try and get dramatic. No, I would see Atomic Blonde if I had to see a movie this week. But I'm not seeing a movie this week. You know, you want know I might do. I might go see Valerian because I missed that. I just saw Dunkirk today, and it was really good. But this is kind of a lull in the summer blockbusters. Actually, no, 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 no. It's not a lull. It's more like the end because what do we have past this we we do have some movies past this coming up we have the dark tower which is going to be a big one we have detroit which is going to be a big one not big as in summer blockbuster big but big as in just a really good movie we have what else is coming up annabelle creation which i'm really looking forward to we have the hitman's bodyguard which looks really good but as far as the big movies go they are all out we have seen them already while it's true, I am still looking forward to it, and I'm going to see it and love it, I don't count that as a summer blockbuster anymore. And also, it's not a blockbuster. I don't count that as one of the big summer movies because I think the season has ended by then, and I think this is the sign that the season is slowly coming to a close. Ask Anne. Every week since she's been in America, I have dragged her to see a movie. Kicking and screaming? No, she's gone willingly. No, I, I didn't have to bribe her with with uh, icees and candy. No, but for this one, I know she would go see Tom Clown with me if I really asked her to, but I, I don't feel the need. And I don't really feel the need to see some of the other movies that I just mentioned, even though I really think the Hitman's bodyguard is going to be funny. I think the Dark Tower is going to be really good. But I think with these, if I miss them, it's not going to be that big of a deal. And that's a shame. And that is a sign that the season is over. I've kind of gone off on a tangent here, but that's also because I don't know what else to say about this movie. I, I th- believe I said it all. It looks interesting It didn't do enough to sell me on it. I will see this. I will probably like it, but I'm not going to see it in theaters. And you know what? Blockbuster season is over. We made it through another one. Some great movies came out. I plan on doing a wrap-up podcast, and that's it. That's all I have to say about Summer Blockbusters. That's all I have to say about Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde gets a 7 out of 11. All right, and that is it for the movies. Let us jump into the question of the week. I don't think we got any answers for the question last week. Let me just pause recording really quick and check. Nope. All right, no one answered. Remember, if you want to answer old questions, just hit me up. Email, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can comment on a picture of mine. uh, The Facebook page. Any, any way I will mention in the housekeeping, answer there. But the last week's question was, if more than one great movie or movie you're interested in is coming out during the week, and you can only see one of them, what criteria do you use to pick it? And that could be why I didn't get an answer. could be that it was a sh- question, <laughs> but I'm going to answer it anyway. Think of a better one for the next question, but here we go. My criteria is which one do I think would benefit more from a big screen? But of course, it's not just that. So there has to be a good balance between visuals that will benefit from big screen and just a movie I'm so excited about that I want to spend time going to a theater to see. So that is my criteria, a mix of impressive visuals or anything that would benefit from a big screen and how really how much I want to see it. And those two things coupled together when their powers combined form my pick of the week. So my friends it is time for next week's question. The question I would love to hear answers to before next week and of course anytime. You know if you can't make it by next week I understand. Maybe um, maybe the question is going to be a really hard one and need more than a week to answer. I would really prefer it within the week and I can talk about it in the next show. But again since I don't get a lot of responses usually one uh, I think at most 3. I'll respo- I'll read any responses I get on the show but this week's question is since i have officially declared at the end of blockbuster season even though next week has a big movie what blockbuster was your favorite so earlier in my questions i had asked which one you're looking forward to the most now i want to know which one was your favorite and if you only saw one of them let me know which one it was and why you only saw that one so once again what was your favorite blockbuster this summer if you saw more than one what was your favorite if you only saw one what was it and why so as always thank you for listening let's get into that final round of housekeeping you can find me on itunes soundcloud stitcher google play youtube Tumblr and any podcast listening app as well as the somewhat nerdy website that's somewhat nerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a five star rating. five stars, all the stars all the time. Also share the podcast with your friends and family. This is how the somewhat nerdy podcast network grows. Word of mouth. Also leave a comment on this episode. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you think I need to improve on. How do you reach me? That's a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, S W N, Instagram and Tumblr, S W N, there as well. Do you drink beer? I'm on Untappd, S W N, there. Email me at BilliumReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, a great swearity that is coming back this week with a new episode. Don't forget to check out the Uncorked Gamers, a great group of guys who talk about video game news when there is video game news. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of the latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store. Just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.